Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come, join us along our shared path for today's episode. Beginning from the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was baptized, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was banished. The tempter came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I invite you, in the name of the church, to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, by reading and meditating on God's holy word. Please be seated. For those of you familiar with the seasons of the church, and yes, there are seasons, We have entered into the season of Lent. This is a six-week period prior to Easter Sunday in which we get a deeper dive into the life of Jesus. To kick off the first Sunday, we have the story of the temptations of Jesus and how he dealt with them. You're probably, since we just read it, familiar with the basic outlines. After Jesus' baptism, he went alone into the wilderness a place that no one would go willingly with no food or shelter or nearby Starbucks. At the end of the appointed time, and sometimes 40 days just means when it's done, thirsty and hungry and probably sleep deprived, tempting visions came and swirled around him. These temptations are a threefold nature 
and take the form of power over food, power over death, and power over people. And in all cases, Jesus figures out a clever way to avoid falling into the temptation traps. And in so doing, you, the reader, who is the audience for this story, since there is no one else to see what is going on, you can see that Jesus has elevated his status. He's closer to becoming a, a holy man, a prophet, someone who we should pay attention to. And this is actually a, a well-trodden path. After all, how do you tell the difference between prophets? those who speak the true word of God and charlatans. And in the Old Testament, there are basically two ways to know this. And in this, in the one way is that Jesus has passed a loyalty test. He has given a series of challenges to overcome, to prove his loyalty to God over people. Another way is with signs and wonders. We see this with Moses, that through these performances of signs and wonders, we know that Jesus is a true and loyal minister of God and not someone who is just there to take your money. That, impulse, that the signs and wonders also include acts of healing and generosity, enfolding community and expanding our boundaries, and these reinforce his authenticity. But in pairing the scriptures, we have both the original story of what might considered sin and the story of Jesus. We kind of have a balancing act of looking forwards and looking backwards at the same time. That I would also suggest that I see this allegory maybe a little differently. That as you remember the story goes, Adam and Eve were given some very, very specific instructions. Now, you might not agree with the instructions. They seem a little facile in some senses, but you can eat anything you like except for this one tree. So through clever words, they were tricked to believe that they had power over all the food in the garden and that none was excluded from them and that the, tree, the fruit of the tree of good and evil would give them power over death, that they would not die. Not only that, that eating this fruit would make them like God, and actually, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to be like God? So I would offer you this interpretation this morning, that more than one thing is happening in today's readings. In many cases, Jesus' words, his parables, his actions, who he calls as friends and disciples, who he calls and heals. All of these were upending the norms of the day, that those who were outside are now insiders, those who were considered unclean or outside the boundaries of respectability, these were brought in, changing of norms. So just like Jesus is turning a critical eye and a woke heart to the society around him by his successful passing of the loyalty test that Adam and Eve actually failed that day, he is beginning to reverse the actions of Adam and Eve. 
when tempted to command food to appear, he replied that we need more than food, we need God. When tempted to think that he was special, that God would protect him at all costs from an untimely death, Jesus replied that we should not assume that there would not be consequences for testing God in that way. And when tempted to seize the power of the world, to usurp the will of the divine, Jesus responded saying that worshiping and serving the holy should be our response instead. And we see that this is also the view of Paul as he wrote in his complicated prose in Romans. This reversing of damage, damage done through, damage done by systems of thought that we don't need God, that we can do it by ourselves. Damage done by systems of oppression by excluding others from care and basic necessities. Damage done by systems of power over others, such as extracting wealth from the bodies of the poor or grabbing political power by force or deception. This reversal begins now with Jesus. Unfortunately, these temptations are as old as time. They are still with us today. We still struggle with them. But we also have the comfort that Jesus was very familiar with them and shows us the way to overcome them. This work of redemption carries on through us as we try to model our lives by Christ's examples. So what should our response be today to call as a call to a Holy Lent? What do we mean by Holy Lent? Well, I have a couple of thoughts, but we'll probably open it up here in a little bit to see if you have some thoughts as well. First off, if something is holy, it's something that is set aside for a sacred purpose. The six-week time period can be the time to take up a new habit or set aside something that is holding you back. It can be a time to be comfortable with the many changes and transitions that are happening around us, to test our nature to want things to be the same, and maybe to instead rest in the unchangeable nature of God. To notice that as others like Shelley have stepped aside, that new things are coming into being. It can be a time to slow down and take delight, joy even, in the world that God has created. Any of these actions can bring us closer to the heart of God and continue in participating in the work that God is inviting us to do, to partner with the divine, to partner in healing. But enough for me. I'm sure that there are a couple others that maybe would like to speak to how they see this time of Lent. Ellen? Thank you, Kimberly. Um, one thing we wanted to do today was to see if anyone um, can share their own personal thoughts of Lent and uh, what Lent means to you um, or how it is meaningful in your life. So I know this is a spur of the moment for many of you, but um, I do invite you just to reflect a few moments and um, hopefully 
someone will volunteer to go and talk. I can speak first because I did know about this, so I got a chance to think about it. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, and this won't be too long, but when I was a kid, all I really knew about Lent, because we didn't celebrate it in my family, was people gave up something and they ate fish on Fridays. That, that's what happened for, for me. But as I have gotten older, I have uh, looked at Lent in a very, very different way. Um, I've chosen to use this time maybe to give up something, like carbs, but uh, for this year, but also to use it as a time to reflect um, on uh, my own self, my transgressions, my temptations that I have had, and to every day um, just look at that and to try and change some of that behavior um, that I may have as negative thinking or um, distrusting what's in front of me and to use this time as preparation um, for our Easter celebration. So I invite anyone else that may have, it doesn't have to be long, just even just a word, what Lent means to you. So anybody? Yeah. Well, I see Susie up here. Gosh, bless her. Um, I think, um, well, first of all, I don't ever give up anything. But I always take on some new um, study of some sort. Um, and what usually happens is that uh, after 40 days, sometimes it's a habit, and there's things that I've continued for many years after. And um, this year I have something new. I'm going to try for or have signed up as a lesson. But the other thing I use the time, I've always used Lent as a very introspective time. And um, I always, it's probably the hardest season of the year because when you um, really become introspective and searching your own heart, there's, there's always things that come up. And so, um, I wasn't going to say this part, <laughs> but I think when I when that happens, I find that there are maybe people in my life that I need to reconcile with, or or make an attempt to change things or whatever. And um, I think that's probably the most in, uh, biggest part of Lent. And it certainly is a time where you it doesn't uh, other seasons are. Too busy, too wild, too whatever, and so that's why it's a tough forty days sometimes. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much, Susie. Uh, anybody else? Oh, I got a couple over here. Thank you. We'll start with you, Wendy. Well, like Susie, I used to try to give things up, but I stopped doing that because I never made 40 days. <laughs> I don't have very good willpower. How many of you tried to give something up like sugar or bread or swearing or carbs? Oh, yeah, it doesn't work. Slowing down five miles per hour on the freeway. There you go. That's a good one, slowing down. Um, that's, um, you know, I didn't think of that. I always thought of Lent as giving something up, but I never really thought of it as taking something on. And so when you talked about slowing down, I think that is something I've been trying to do the last few weeks. Um, we're 
it's, it's been a rough year for me. Uh, lost both my parents. And um, it's, I, I have weeks where I'm really busy and I break down and I get very sensitive. Um, as most of you know, I walked out of church a couple of weeks ago and that was a really, really hard week for me. Um, it just, everything was just so personal. And I think for me, what I need to do is I can feel it that I need to slow down, that I need to look at email once a day and then give it up. Like, you know what, if you need me, call me. Like, you know, my phone a lot of time is in the other room. I, I don't have it near me. So if some people text me, I do try to get back the end of the day. I'm trying to teach my kids that etiquette, at least to respond and say, you know, I'll get back to you later. Um, I've, 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 I've let dishes go. I've let the house go a little bit. And you know what? Who cares? The dust will be there next week or the next day or whenever I pick it up again. So um, thank you for your sermon today, last minute, and for reminding me that, um, that slowing down and spending more time in God and prayer and um, is, is something that I can do for Lent. So thank you. Thank you. Do we have anybody else over here? Nancy, do you want to come down? I'll just bring it up. I too um, was thoroughly aware that we weren't going to have a, a priest today. And thank you very much, Kimberly, for being here so much. Um, and I've had a chance to think about this. Um, the last um, couple of months have been fast moving, filled with a lot of things unexpected and um, all God giving, but um, it's caused me personally to be uh, in a spiritual drought. And um, I've taken things on that I didn't expect I had to. And so I have forgotten to invite the Lord along with me um, at times. And so Lent for me this year is going to look very differently in that I um, I am truly going to be inviting the Lord to walk with me instead of pushing him in front of me like I have been. So um, it's a beautiful time, and it's a very spiritual time, a very deep time, and um, I'm grateful that it's arrived. Thank you. Is there anyone else who'd like to comment right now? Oh, here we go. Gloria. Thank you. Um, I'm going to try and give up some alcohol since I was on a cruise for two weeks almost and uh, with a drink package. And just in general, I have a very social life and it doesn't do my health a lot of good, but I have a hard time saying no, but I'm going to work on that. Um, also, I feel like sometimes I'm only one person and I have a lot of other people that require me, whether it's work or, you know, I'm a new grandmother and I feel guilty all the time that I'm not with my granddaughter and helping out, you know, Jessica. And other people, my friends always say, can you do this? And I'm always saying yes to everything. So I don't sometimes have time for church and for God. And I think I'm going to try and work on that for the next 40 days or this year. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. How about anybody else? Okay. Thank you all for your um, thoughts and reflections. And um, just know that your words um, may have inspired or helped anyone else. So thank you.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode on An Episcopal Sermon Podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations.